Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 77, Annual Diagnosis for Your Brand, How to Look for Problems. I have a giant chart in my office on the wall. It's called the Cognitive Bias Codex. It's exactly what you would expect a PhD nerd to have in his office. It's a fascinating compilation of every known cognitive bias that psychologists have ever surfaced. How many cognitive biases do we have, you ask? 195. Yes, that's right. You and I have 195 different ways to completely misanalyze just about anything. 195 different ways to act on dumb assumptions and completely faceplant a major complicated decision in our lives. You can download this amazing chart at designhacks.co. Enjoy! I blew it up at FedEx office to poster size to hang it on my wall. I have issues, I know. The more I stare, though, at this infuriating chart, the more I realize that no human individual can ever be trusted to make any decision in isolation like ever. And yet, where do we live? America. Land of freedom. We're fucked. Okay, seriously, most of these biases are simply shortcuts to help us navigate social life efficiently without questioning every single interaction. And you know, most of these biases, when you start to stare at them, they work pretty damn well and they work reliably and they don't cause problems when you have a conservative, primitive society that's not changing a lot or very quickly. That doesn't sound like us. Look, we need to make assumptions in social life or we actually would go completely insane by 5 p.m. Or even earlier, in my case. You do not want to live your life like I do. I mean, every 30 minutes, I'm questioning some basic assumption somewhere in the social world. The problem that cognitive bias creates for founders is the desire for confirmation and validation. This is the worst one. And the fact that it creates its ugly friend, which is avoiding a systematic inquiry into your business performance. Because by avoiding that, the confirmation bias just works really seamlessly. I was a podcast guest recently and mentioned the enormous psychological sunk costs that get incurred when consumer founders order physical product runs from a co-manufacturer. I have actually watched this process leading up to the ordering in real time with a few founders, and it is definitely stomach-churning, and it's not even my business. Once you've placed that co-man order, you'll have to wait months to turn over that inventory before changing anything on the package, let alone the formulation. So that's not the moment you want to hear anyone's critique of your product line after that order gets placed, right? No way. You only want to hear, best shit we've ever ordered, unstoppable, amazing, boo yeah. In fact, even if you have moments of doubt as you're waiting for the product to get made you may find yourself Googling for additional data to confirm your packaging change as genius or making phone calls and asking loaded questions to friends such as, don't you love the new packaging? Oh dear. Some of you, I gather, have actually done that. Yes, I know. That's why I'm talking about one of the 195 cognitive biases on this episode. Confirmation bias and why you need to create analytical systems to overcome it in your startup, even if it's only selling $100,000 a year. 
So to review, confirmation bias is a cognitive trap in which you cling to a desired conclusion in advance and then keep miraculously finding data to support it everywhere you look. Confirmation bias, folks, is fantastic for marriages. It is a disaster for fast-growing consumer brands. So what's the solution to confirmation bias? It's a systematic diagnosis of the business, folks. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, it means you have to do something called pressure testing your results. New founders often get super pumped if they hit top-line goals for the year, and I don't blame them. And then they just keep pushing. But this is actually the best time to play devil's advocate with the data you already have about your awesome, well-growing business. So let's go through how I would pressure test a good top-line growth story. Just a teaser, so you can put this thinking to work this fall. Did you hit top-line goals and grow same-store velocity as well? Or did you just add accounts and doors to get to that top-line growth? You want to ask this because you're trying to understand if you grew from increased consumer demand, and in the beginning that's coming from word of mouth of about an awesome thing, or from pure B2B trade show efforts. This is how you keep your sales and broker dudes honest. Now, if you go further, if your velocity declined despite your top-line growth, now you need to start a channel-by-channel -channel hunt for the problem. And you follow it with an account-by-account -account hunt within the problematic channel. And you may even discover that you overdistributed by store location within an otherwise successful divisional turn-on at a chain that is still worth staying in. This is how you pressure test so that you can understand whether you had highly optimal top-line growth or suboptimal top-line growth. Here's another one. Did you grow top-line with a new account, but SPIN's data says it's weighted velocity, which would be dollars per million ACV, so you can compare accounts to each other regardless of geography, is actually the lowest of any account you've ever added to your business? If so, this should concern you even if the buyer is not concerned. Because you want to now say, hmm, why did we just add a low-velocity retailer? Yeah, we got growth, but what is going on here? Does this retailer even have the right consumers for our offering? Are we too early for this account? Or is someone burying something like a massive placement screw-up called I'm shelved at floor level? Finally, here's a final one. Did you grow top line but see account profitability decline? If you can rule out the obvious one-offs, trade spending things that destroy initial profitability when you open, like slotting, yada, 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 you can look at your trade mo promos with just enough accuracy to determine whether or not you are actually losing money on the volume you added by opening that account. Now, this is not uncommon with BOGOs, serial BOGOs, and other crazy promos that honestly only big co-public firms can seriously afford on their Blitzkrieg Firehose line extensions because they know how and can manage profit down to pennies per unit at the scale they operate and you have no such control. These are just a few of the questions that I ask when I pressure test clients' growth performance. I play the devil's advocate quietly here in Tucson by the side of my pool even if they didn't ask me to. Of course, no one hires me to come and find problems. And yet, it's my responsibility as a third-party advisor who's not an unethical shithead to assess the health of the business regardless of what their attitude is. I don't sell validation as a service. If you'd like that, 
I'll refer you to my friend Jim Bob. No relation. And you shouldn't pay for validation either. Please, please, please. Please, please, please. Get your validation for free from mom, your spouse, or your siblings. That's all I've got, folks. And as always, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founders quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.